Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl. Uh, we have some uh, interesting uh, things to touch on, I think, a little bit, just in terms of the last Wolves game, where they did, of course, uh, have that really fun three quarters and then a really bad fourth quarter, which, unfortunately, stuff like that feels all too familiar as a Wolves fan. You don't get used to it, but you get used to it, if that makes sense. It's pretty unfortunate. We're going to break down this game a little bit, and then we're actually going to do something a little different that we don't normally do. We are going to, uh, or I'm going to watch live. I'm going to watch the fourth quarter, and we're going to kind of break that down a little bit. And uh, before that, we'll kind of break down the first three quarters, of course, and kind of let you know how that went. And give my, I want to give my perspective on how things really occurred and how we got to that point where, you know, obviously the ending of the game was a little, uh, a little unfortunate, we'll say, if we're going to be nice about it. So this was the first of two uh, Grizzlies games that we were going to have. As I'm recording this, we actually have another Grizzlies game tonight, which for anyone that's not aware, I guess we should start with that. The, the, the news, of course, is that for COVID protocols, both Rubio and Wancho are out tonight and are going to miss. Um, Wancho's out 10 games at least. So to me, in my understanding, from what other people have said, is the the guess is that he does actually have COVID. I hope that's not the case. I really hope it's precautionary. But it does sound like there's a chance he does have COVID. As someone someone pointed this out on Twitter, they said they are not aware of anybody getting a 10-day quarantine that didn't have it. I don't think that's true because, as someone pointed out, what about James Harden? Because I don't think he ever tested positive. So I guess it depends. It's tough to say you know, what happened, and I'm not going to necessarily speculate. I just hope that he ends up being uh, safe and healthy. Same with Ricky Rubio. Now, I know Ricky Rubio has had... COVID before, so keep that in mind. Wish them the best, and hopefully uh, there's there's no you know issues there. So let's dive into this game. Lots to touch on. Now, 
uh, Grizz game. So early on, D'Lo was on fire. He had scored all seven of the Wolves' points, and the Wolves were on top by one. Towns, though, gets a cheap foul, and then Jonas runs him over and no call. It seems like that's really been something we've had a lot in this game. Wolves just seem to really not, they're not buying, they can't buy a foul. Meanwhile, refs are in everything. You blow on the, you blow towards the Grizzlies, and all of a sudden, it's a foul. It's one of those frustrating things. But despite that, Wolves are up 14 to 8 after a Beasley 3. Wolves able to start 9 of 13 from the field. And to me, anytime they're going to win basketball games, they have to start out hot. We've seen a number of games where they just don't have it early on, and it really is tough to come back from that. Beasley drives in and is clearly fouled by Grayson Allen on his dunk. And again, no call. Early on, refs had a big impact in this game. It's 25-17, to 17, though, after Edwards sets up Beasley for three. And then what's up next? Of course, another missed call as the Grizz obviously travel, and they get the score anyways because no call. And you have to wonder at this point, what would the score be if the refs weren't having such a rough night? Also, 3.30 to go, and the Grizz, no surprise, are already in the bonus. Wolves, of course, are not. Wolves playing fantastic, though, on both ends during a lot of this first quarter. And it's interesting. I'm going to say this right now, and it's going to change later, but at this point, I felt like I was watching Ricky Rubio. And we've had uh, other moments recently where I felt like I was watching Ricky Rubio, right? So uh, stay tuned uh, for the uh, conclusion of that story, though. Sadly, Wolves only up two with a minute to go, and 29-27 is your score after the first quarter. A 12-4 overall run, and early in the second, the Grizz have tied the game back up. Second quarter, and the bad refing continues, and you can tell Towns is starting to get very frustrated. Now, historically, when Towns gets frustrated, it does not go well for the Timberwolves. Uh, A lot of times he lets it get to him and he doesn't play well. That's what you kind of got to watch for in these scenarios. I didn't feel that was the case in this game, however. Vando gets his third foul called and another awful call as Frazier shoved him into Jonas. Nine minutes to go and Grizz already in the bonus. Honestly, I watched this game and I'm thinking to myself, these refs are out of control. And just like that, it's tied again, 33 apiece. It's funny, the Grizz, whole team yelling at the refs for a travel call they wanted, and it wasn't even a travel. Replay confirmed. So here we talk about how the Grizzlies have gotten a number of crazy beneficial calls, and it's still not enough. They're still upset the refs aren't giving them more. Nas has struggled so far in this game, and uh, so far in the second, the Grizz haven't taken advantage uh, of the Wolves' sloppy turnovers as they keep missing close shots. Even Jim Peterson touched on he was surprised at the number of uh, like layup-type shots that they had missed in the game, and the Wolves like that are able to push their lead to four. Culver misses two free throws, and I'll say it, this man is a train wreck. Then he fouls a three-point shooter, and no shock, he gets pulled. Grizz tied at 37. One thing I want to talk about is I started going through the Wolves roster and their the breakdown of their lineups. And if you want to take a look at this, I have it posted on my Twitter account, but if you take a look at most of the really bad lineups the Wolves have used or the lineups that have done really poorly in terms of net rating, Jared Culver's in almost all of them. I mean, he has been bad. And I'm at the point now. Now, of course, we're going to be missing Wancho. We're going to be missing Ricky Rubio. It makes it a little tougher. But I'm at the point now where I think he has to, I think Ryan has to consider taking Culver and benching him. It worked last year for Gorgie Jang. Last year, Ryan made that tough call and he benched Gorgie. Jang came back and he was 
much better, a much better player, much different player. And I think that Ryan has to consider doing that with Jared Culver. Jared Culver, not just on defense, not just on offense, but overall, I just do not trust him as a player. Every so often, it seems like once, maybe twice a game, usually probably just like once a game, he gets like a really cool and energetic dunk, right, where he drives in, gets a dunk, and everyone's excited. And then that's it. It seems like nothing else really happens. And so to me, uh, the proof is in the pudding there, and something has to give. And to me, what I'm doing is I'm saying to myself, all right, if I'm Ryan Saunders, I think Jarrett Culver needs a bit of a break. Let's give some of these other guys a chance to see what they can do. Uh, McDaniels, let's see what McDaniels can do, right? I, of course, the issue with McDaniels is that he does not by any means have an NBA body, but he's a very, very skilled player. And why not just see what we got? Let's just let's just see him a little more when he's played, which is not a lot. When he has played, he's looked good. And so let's see what we got there. Uh, but jumping back into the game, Culver misses two free throws and he is a trainer like we talked about. And just like that, he gets pulled. Now, you say to yourself, like I just said. You pull Jared Culver, maybe that's the maybe that's what you have to do. Give him a shorter leash. And at least in this instance, that's exactly what Ryan did. Desmond Bain, one of my favorite players, in transition, he shoves D-Law out of the way, no call, and he gets a free layup. And just like that, the Grizz have the lead. Town set to check back in. He already has 10 points, 3 boards, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. Akogi with an amazing defensive play, followed up by a Wancho 3, who looks to continue his hot shooting, and the game is tied 43 with four to go in the first half. Towns, though, doing a great job getting to the line. Eight of eight so far. Wolves are up four. 52 to 51. Wolves up after a Clark bucket. Grizzly just refusing to go away, and the Wolves just are not able to pull away. They cannot get enough consistency on either end to make any sort of a run. Back and forth is the name of the game. Nine lead, so, nine lead changes so far in the game. And it seems like seconds later, it's 11 lead changes. And the Wolves are up 58-56 to 56 at the half. Seeing some improved defense from Wancho and D'Lo in this game. Jim Pete even talking up uh, D'Lo. Again, we talk about how we're seeing some improvements from some of these players. I said it about Rubio earlier. Let's wait till the end of the game to really talk about that. And so far in the third, the Wolves struggling on the defensive glass, and it is killing them as the Grizz are getting second-chance points left and right. Towns is getting pissed as he wants calls. And I will say, if I, I didn't watch it. I wanted to go back and do some replay, but I did not do that. But it seemed to me like Valanciunas is getting away with a lot of over-the-backs where he is getting boxed out, and he's going over the top, and he is making contact. And to me, stuff like that has to be addressed. And in my estimation, if I'm Towns, I'm going for the ref and say, can you watch this? That... Because sometimes he gets really frustrated, right? And he kind of seems like he kind of yells or, or gets upset towards the officials. And maybe that's one thing he's got to work on is maybe he goes up to the officials and says, hey, can you watch for this? And the reason I say that is because a good example of this is Trey Young and Steve Nash. And for anyone that's not aware of what was going on there, there was a play where it was Trey Young and he did the, kind of that stop short where the player runs into him. And Steve Nash got mad and said to the ref, that's not basketball. Uh, something along those lines, right? That's not basketball. Well, ever since that happened, the refs have been changing how they referee Trey Young. And I'm not saying that that the refs need to be going to these extremes because uh, I know some Hawks fans are pretty angry about that because he can't get any calls, it seems like. But sometimes just making a ref aware of something specific, it can work. As a you know, When I used to coach, I would do that. Now, there's more than one reaction you can get in this instance. So, for example, I've gone up to a ref, told him what I was seeing, 
And I had a ref laugh, literally didn't say words, laughed at me and turned around and walked away. That's literally, that was the reaction I got one time to telling a referee that I was noticing something. I mean, that should, that should tell you something, right? Uh, I've also had games where the referees did such a poor job where I've almost, I've been very close to pulling my team off the court because of how incredibly uh, unsafe the conditions were with the referees refereeing the way that they were. But in many cases, you can walk up to a ref and say, hey, what's going on here? What are you seeing? And sometimes that can work. Again, I'm just trying to figure out a solution here, things that Towns can try, because I, I know he gets upset, he gets angry, and sometimes he's not able to channel that into better play. All of a sudden, the Wolves are up seven, and they're playing hard on both ends. Towns is channeling that anger, just like I said, into that strong play during that stretch. 69-62, to 62, eight to go in the third. Jonas out here flopping and complaining, and he ends up complaining all the way to the bench. It's funny. Again, the Grizzlies have been getting call after call after call all game, and it's still not enough. D'Lo putting on an absolute clinic here in the third, and the Wolves are now up 77-66 to 66 with 537 to go. A fun stat, since the new year, D'Lo with 22.3 points per game, 43.2% from three, and 5.8 assists. Beasley, 21 on 48% from the field and 48% from three. So both those guys are getting it done. Nas so far having a much better second half, and he is making shots and playing smart. Ant continues to struggle, though. Second game in a row. Everyone else playing well now is the time for him, for me. If he's going to have a bit of a rookie wall when I'm watching this game, I'm saying to myself, now's the time when we're getting a lot of contributions from other players. But he's still able to set other guys up, which is good, and he's still fighting on defense. And if you're not scoring, you got to contribute to the game in other ways, and I feel like he is doing just that. Wolves up 10 with a minute to go in the third. Grizzlies won't go away, and Wolves so close to pulling away, but just can't get it done yet. 90-80 to 80 after three, and Wolves are on top. And now we're going to jump into the live action, and I'm going to watch it and kind of give my reactions and go over what I'm seeing and kind of break down where things went wrong here in the fourth quarter. Sometimes you watch a movie and they give you like a some sort of a warning or some, let's say you're on social media and you get some sort of a warning about uh, this is not suitable for people of all ages or if you don't want to see something that is gruesome, don't watch this. I feel like Wolves games at times need some sort of a warning. You're watching these games and you're just like, man, I wasn't prepared for that. I mean, you should be, right? If you're a Wolves game or Wolves fan, you definitely should be prepared for uh, the bloodbath that's generally going to ensue uh, as they crush your heart or as they get crushed by their opponents. So, But here we go into this fourth quarter. 90-80, to 80, the Wolves have the lead early on. It's going to be one of those things as you, as you kind of dive into uh, this matchup where it's you know any number of things that are going to be uh, the cause of the collapse, right? People want to look at this game, and I, I'm not going to say they're wrong, and they say let's look at the rotations and let's see who's being used, right, in the fourth quarter. So we're talking about Rubio, Vanderbilt, Reed, Russell, and Culver. We talked earlier, Culver in many cases tends to be one of the guys, right, one of those players that just frustrates and has not had a good season. And here we are, we're 17 seconds into the fourth quarter, and Vanderbilt picks up his fifth foul. Now, when I watched this originally, for some reason, I thought I remembered him getting pulled right after he gets that fifth foul. But that's not the case. He actually stays in for quite a bit of time. Um, 
uh, as I ended up uh, kind of watching back and looking over some of the minutes. Now, the one thing that's interesting is uh, one thing people want to touch on is how D'Angelo Russell has been playing such a great game. You can't afford to pull him. And that Ryan made some mistakes there. Well, so in the in the second half, so far he has only sat two minutes. So let that sink in. He just, I mean, he's he's out there. He's he's cooking, as they say. Um, I, I've seen enough people say that he was playing really, really good basketball, and he has been. Uh, this this game spe- specifically, very, very good game. But here's the problem, and this is what starts that run. So Jarrett Culver scores what we talked about, one of those dunks where he's cutting in, gets hit. But then the answer back is Grayson Allen hits a three. Now, coming into this game, Grayson Allen, my understanding is he had been struggling from three. Well, here's the problem. D'Angelo Russell's busy ball watching the ball on the other side of the court. So he's on the other side of the court ball watching. And, of course, what do they do? They reverse it over. Russell can't actually get back in front of his player because he's he's all the way in the lane, actually. So not only is he ball watching, but he's so far away from, from the player that's in his area that it, he just doesn't see it. And this is going to be a common problem that you're going to see when you're watching uh, or when we're going over this fourth quarter. Now, uh, the other thing that we run into, here's an example. So the Wolves have the ball. There's 14 seconds left to go on the shot clock. Uh, screen by Nas Reed. Ricky Rubio gets double teamed. And then he throws it to Nas Reed, who runs in and misses a, I mean, it's a contested layup. Let's be honest. It's a contested layup. But bad shots, bad shots ended up being, uh, to me, an issue in this game. Now, when you're Ricky Rubio, you get double teamed. There's two options you have in the, on that play. And the two options are throwing it to Nasri, which is the one he went with, or he could have thrown it to D'Lo. To me, throw it to D'Lo. That's the guy that, in a short clock situation, you want to get it to. Because, number one, he's very good at scoring off of good defense. That's part of it, right? And so give him the ball. Let him have that opportunity. So next possession, of course, uh, they score again. Now, in this instance... Uh, watching this play and kind of going over how this ended up working out. Uh, they get two points, which is good. It's one of the few possessions that felt like in the fourth quarter early on that the Grizzlies only got two. There were a lot of possessions, as everyone that's aware of, that where it didn't go that way. And here's what ends up happening. Grayson Allen is really the precipice for this. Uh, we follow him around a little bit, and then Ricky Rubio, when his guy gets the ball at the top of the key, Ricky Rubio runs at him, takes a terrible angle, and leaves the lane wide open for Dylan Brooks to run in and score. This is a common problem in this fourth quarter. People want to blame Ryan Saunders, but here's the deal. I think this group that's out there right now could have been successful. Now, I wouldn't have used it. So I, I will say I do agree with the, the issues people have with Ryan in this game. This is one of the first games where I really felt like, all right, we made a mistake. We really did. I felt like there were better rotations to use. I thought in the fourth quarter we held Towns out for too long. you got to get your better best player back into the game sooner than we did. And here's what happens. They score. On the offense, we take another bad shot. And that's the storyline we see for this fourth quarter. And then they get the rebound, and they push it in transition. And here's the problem. We actually get back in transition. We have the numbers. We're back in transition. And what happens? Guys are ball watching. And it ends up being a wide-open three-pointer in the corner because Rookie Rubio's not paying attention in transition. That cannot happen. And there's no excuse for that. And we talk about how both uh, Wancho and Ricky Rubio are going to be missing some time now, right? This is an opportunity to see what we have from some of these other players. We need to see more Vanderbilt minutes. We've already been seeing Vanderbilt minutes. We get that. I want to see more Vando minutes, and I'm talking about let's see some Jalen Noel. Let's see some J-Mac, both J-Macs, right? Let's see either one of those players, I think, are players that everyone really wants to see, and uh, I think it's worth it 
for this to be the opportunity that we get, right? Let's see what we have at this point from some of those players. Uh, now, as it continues, Ricky Rubio throws it out to Malik Beasley. Rubio has an, uh, an opportunity and a, a decent shot, doesn't take it, because at this point, he can't shoot, and he has no confidence, right? Instead of shooting it, he passes it to Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley takes a really tough three-point shot. And I get it. Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, these are guys that have the ability to make difficult shots. But if you're wondering why this didn't go well in the fourth quarter, bad defense, bad shot selection, those are things that add up. And again, we have the same issue. In transition, they get another three-point shot, and it's within a one-point game. So here you had a 12-point lead. It's an 11-0 run now for the Grizzlies. And it was, again, people getting lost in transition. In transition, D'Angelo Russell he sees his guy, which is Dylan Brooks, and he backs off him, like giving him a ton of space, like he's some sort of a corner playing a speedy wide receiver. You can't do that. You can't leave Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, by the way, uh, an absolute Wolves killer time and time again. You need to be up on him. You need to play defense. There's just no excuse to lose a guy or to not be playing. I mean, defensive IQ. Defensive IQ is a huge reason why the Wolves lost this basketball game. Guys need to be smarter. And here's the problem. You know a player that doesn't, that that you never thought coming into this season would be a problem on that end? Ricky Rubio. A number of possessions. He was a big part of why this happened. It's very clear to me that Ricky Rubio needs to get some stuff figured out. And here's the deal. Nobody, well, I hope not. There's been, I will say this. There's a lot of people on social media that have said some really, really inappropriate things in regards to Wancho and Ricky Rubio. I get it. They weren't playing great basketball, but that doesn't make it, okay to say some of the things that I've seen people say, oh, I'm glad they're out. Oh, I, I, I didn't want them to have COVID, but I'm glad they're out. Like, I just, there's certain things that people have said on social media that I think are very inappropriate. And just because you're not in person, just because, you know, you're a keyboard warrior, right? No one can see, see you as you type this. It still matters. And I think that's something people need to keep in mind uh, as we're going forward. But regardless, those two guys are going to miss time. I think that's an opportunity for them to... Uh, you know, take a step away from the game. We're going to see what other players have to offer. I think J-Mac can make a big difference. To me, J-Mac last year, I mean, very good defender. Uh, to me, very good defender. I get he's undersized, but, I mean, plays the position well. He's a smart defender, and that's something we have not gotten for large stretches from Ricky Rubio. We have not gotten smart defense. We have not gotten smart offense, and that's something that J-Mac can bring to the table. And I'll say it right now. If he earns the backup spot, I'm one of Ricky Rubio's biggest fans but if J-Mac plays well enough, we have to keep him with keep him in that role. And if the Wolves go on a run, I mean, because I believe Rubio and Wancho have the potential to miss four or five games, That's that matters. We're going to see other lineups. We're going to see other rotations. And it's going to be a, an opportunity. Guys got to take advantage. But when those guys come back, I hope that they come back energized. I hope maybe they can take some of this time, depending on their health, of course, um, what it, depending on where they are and what, what they're able to do. Maybe watch some film. Maybe kind of look at the issues. Hopefully they're able to stay in contact with the coaching staff during their quarantine, and they can kind of have a back and forth and understand what is needed from them going forward because both Juancho and Rubio need to be better, more consistent. I think that's a big part of it. So jumping back into the game, it is now 92-91. Defensive lapses, bad offense. And what do the Wolves do now, right? They have a one-point lead they're clinging to. And here's the deal. In one minute and 40 seconds, it's an 11-0 run. This has been the biggest issue with the Wolves. Not just leaving, letting teams have runs, but it's how they're letting runs happen. Ricky Rubio, by the way, 
here we are. We have that one-point lead. Ricky Rubio gets the ball, kind of drives in, takes an off-balance runner, tries to bank it. The shot was awful. And my problem with this is if you have no confidence, the last thing you should be doing as a shooter is be the guy that's taking difficult shots, especially when you have good shooters in the game with you. And there's just no excuse. Malik Beasley's in the game. Malik Beasley is a great shooter, right? We all know that. D'Angelo Russell, a great shooter. We all know that. There's just better options. And, and here's the deal. It's not like there was one second on the shot clock and he's hoisting it up. He drives in with like eight or nine seconds, takes the shot with five seconds. Just no reason for that. And then how do we answer in transition? Bad defense yet again as Nasrid leaves his feet, hits Brandon Clark, who makes the basket. The Grizzlies now have the lead, and they're going to have a chance to build on that with a Brandon Clark free throw. It's ugly at this point. So now there's nine minutes left in this basketball game, right? Nine minutes left, 94 to 92. How do the Wolves answer? Well, they bring Carl Towns back in. They bring Wancho back in. What kind of a difference is this going to make? Now, we took out Vanderbilt, right? He's got five fouls. Now, he did stay in for quite a bit of time after he got the, the fifth foul. Wancho hurls up a three. It's a good-looking shot. It's a good shot. He doesn't make it. you got to make those shots. Wancho, if you're going to play, the biggest thing that Wancho brings to the table you know, in his time with the Wolves has been his shooting. Has to be there. Now, since the New Year started, before this game, he was shooting 43%. That was right around what he averaged last year for us in the 16 or so games that he was that he played for us. Now, this game actually brought his numbers down, but still 38% on the new year. You would take consistently 38 to 40%. You would absolutely take that. And Wancho has to make shots if he's going to be competitive. I, I personally think he does enough in terms of his shooting and his rebounding. And I have seen improvements on the defensive end. Not leaps and bounds by any means, but in this game even, uh, some improved defense. Wolves, by the way, able to answer back. Malik Beasley drives in, gets the foul, makes the shot, makes the free throw, and he's now up to 22 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Malik Beasley did his part. Towns did his part in this game. D'Angelo Russell did his part in this game. It's the rest of the team that failed to step up time and time again. I mean, it's a real issue. It, it absolutely is. Carl Towns, by the way, then able to draw that Offensive foul. He played some great defense on Valanciunas. Valanciunas was, of course, shaking his head, and he's mad because I don't know if before the game they went to an understanding and they told the refs, hey, maybe give all the calls to us. It certainly feels that way, but anytime a call doesn't go their way, it seems like the Grizzlies are really quick to complain, which is unfortunate because the game has been very, very, uh, very, very much in their favor throughout. So the Wolves, 95-94, looking to build on that lead as D'Angelo Russell takes a wide-open shot, and I'm talking wide-open. No one even near him, and he misses it. D'Angelo Russell is not the reason we lost this game. That's not where, I want, where I'm going with that. But these little things add up as to why the Wolves lose this basketball game. Can't make open shots when they do take them. Bad shot selection and struggling on the defensive end. And here we have the Grizzlies go in. They make a drive. They make a nice play. And the defense actually isn't bad. It's just what ends up happening after the switch is Jonas has Wancho on him and can shoot right over him. It's not that it's bad defense. It's just there's not much you can do when you're that much shorter than your opponent. Malik Beasley, though, fighting through it again, drives in, gets the foul, which is great, but one of two free throws. You're going to win a basketball game. You can't make mistakes. And time and time again in this basketball game, the Wolves made mistakes. I mean, they absolutely did. But here's the deal. 
Wolves, just like that, are able to tie the game. Tie game at 96 apiece, which is good to see. What can the Wolves do now with seven and a half minutes to go? What was the play? What was the run? Who was the player? These are things, these are questions I want to watch for as I'm watching this to really break down how we got to this point. How about this? Dylan Brooks goes for a three point shot. Josh Akogi, who's now back in the game, no questions asked, the best team defender, best hustler on the team, um, is able to draw the offensive foul on Dylan Brooks, who kicks out off the three point shot. So here you have the Wolves tie game. Wolves have an opportunity now to try and get the lead back. What can they do with that opportunity? So far in this half, or so far in this quarter, what they've done is taken bad shots or missed good shots. There's just no consistency here in the fourth quarter. Something that you had the entire first three quarters was good offense, good defense. Carl Towns, by the way, takes an early shot clock, bad, highly contested corner three-point shot. Are you telling me that's the shot the team wants? Are you telling me that's the shot that Ryan Saunders draws up? There's no way that's what you're going to win a basketball game with is taking bad shots like that. And, and of course, what do the Grizzlies do? They answer right back, and they score, and they take the lead. Now, there's under seven minutes left. Carl Towns throws it out to Josh Kogi. Josh drives in and actually dribbles it off of his leg a little bit, gets it knocked out, and it's out of bounds. But now, here's, here's the problem. Five seconds on the shot clock, and you put yourself in a situation where you're likely going to have to take another bad shot. That has been what's happened here in the fourth quarter. And part of that is the Grizzlies playing good defense. I get that. Let's not take away from just let's let's not just take away from the Grizzlies, but the Wolves had the opportunity early in that fourth quarter with that twelve point lead to play good basketball and just didn't happen. And then what happens, by the way, out of that inbounds play with five seconds left, D'Angelo Russell has to hurl up a heavily contested three, and it's an air ball. And just like that, the Grizzlies have the ball back. Six and a half minutes to go in this one. It's it's just frustrating when you're watching this and you see all of these issues. And for anyone that didn't watch this game, this is really where it breaks down. As Dylan Brooks drives in, Wancho has the opportunity, right? It's Anderson is above the break, and he has the shot, right? And he has the chance to either take the shot, pass it. What's he going to do? Well, Wancho decides, I don't need to play defense. He hesitates, decides I'm not going to go out and cover him. And Anderson cans the literally wide-open three-point shot. And just like that, it's a five-point game. And the Grizzlies have all this momentum. All this momentum. And it's so frustrating because here's the deal. Anderson's a 30% three-point shooter. I get that that's not good, but come on. If you're a 30% three-point shooter and someone's not going to cover you, to me, that's you got good odds of making that shot. And here we have it on the next possession. And Beasley throws it out to Towns. Towns takes a contested three-point shot early in the shot clock yet again, and it does not go in. This is the story. And what happens with uh, the next possession for the Grizzlies? And this is really, you know what, this is where we're going to call it. I know there's five, five minutes, 50 seconds left, but there's just not much more we want to touch on because that was the point. This right here is where it all went to hell. So Towns misses the shot in transition. What happens? Oh, that's right. Wancho plays no defense. He's so worried about the drive that he doesn't close out and he doesn't go up on Anderson. So Xavier Tillman runs out, goes to set a screen, but don't worry about the screen. You're not even close enough to the player to defend anyways. So Wancho leaves him again wide open, and now it's an eight-point game, and the Grizzlies never looked back. 
I mean, that's the story. That's the breakdown. That's what kills you as a Wolves fan. It's so incredibly frustrating. And yet here we are, um, another loss. And to me, before this game, the Wizards' loss was the loss that you look back and say, that one was unacceptable. That's a bad loss. I'm adding this one to it now. This was worse. To me, this game was worse. This is the worst loss of the season. Wolves now playing the Grizzlies yet again tonight. Question marks on whether Jaw's going to play. I personally don't think he's going to, but he is questionable. He is questionable to come back much sooner than people thought. And if he does come back, it's going to make things that much tougher. And people want to talk about how they're happy, right, that Rubio's not playing. They're happy that Wancho's not playing. Be careful what you wish for because this team does not have depth at the power forward position. As of right now, if you look at the players that actually have been getting minutes, the only power forward that we have is... Is Because Jake Lehman's out, too. Think about that. His wife just had a baby, and congratulations to them. But now you have Vando. That's it. That's the only power forward you have. Now, Ryan Saunders talked about maybe going small, maybe giving Ant a chance at the power forward position. Now, granted, he's six foot six, two thirty. So we say going small, but, I mean, he's a big guy. He could probably play it if he needed to. But that's not ideal, right? That's not what you're looking for. And you want to put Ant in a position to succeed, especially when he's had two straight games where he hasn't been as good. Now you're going to put him in a, in a different position that he's not used to. There's so much potential for this to go very poorly. And again, be careful what you wish for, but tonight's the night. I hope that the Wolves find a way to win this game. To me, if John Morant plays, watch the Wolves win. Not because they should, but because they shouldn't, right? If John Morant's playing... You would say to yourself, All right, I don't think this is going to go well. And to me, that's the kind of season that we've had. Where That's the kind of career we've had as Wolves fans, right? When the team should win, it seems like they don't step up. When the team shouldn't win, all of a sudden you find them getting a surprise victory. So time will tell there, and that's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. If you missed any of our show on Dash Radio's Nothing in a Channel, make sure that you listen in podcast form each week as we have uh, you know, one, two, some of three shows each week. It just really depends on how many games the Wolves are playing and what's going on in the NBA world. But you can find us anywhere podcasts are found, whether that's iTunes, Podium, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find us any of those great places. And until next time, let me get a howl. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fifth pick in the 1995 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of 
head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does. Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the point. 